1: FACE Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to FACE Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham, WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5, and also 96.5 TIC. On FACE Connecticut this morning, we're kicking off the holiday season, I guess with a warning, that you've got to be careful because it is that time of year where people may be gambling maybe irresponsibly. And we're going to be talking with the Executive Director of the Connecticut Council for Problem Gambling. Diana Good is her name. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Diana.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. I know that we've talked about this in the past, but it is that time of year again where gambling becomes a concern.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: What happens this time of year that makes it more of a problem than any other time of the year?
0: So I want to start, as always, by saying the Connecticut Council isn't for or against gambling. We are not the fun police. We aren't here to tell people how to spend their disposable income. We just want to make sure as gambling becomes easier and more accessible that there are safeguards in place for people who gamble and run into trouble. And this is definitely one time of year where people tend to run into more trouble than normal. Um not just with sports betting, we've got the world cup, we've got a lot of football going on, but the holidays for some people can be wonderful and magical. For other people, it isn't. And when you're looking at people who are feeling lonely, um, isolated, depressed, sometimes they will get on their phones and start gambling and lose track of time and end up spending more money and more time than they had expected.
1: Is this something that we're looking at and saying, okay, this is becoming more of a problem with online gambling? Are they going out and spending their money gambling somewhere, buying tickets? Where is the money going?
0: It's all of the above. But definitely right now with online casinos and online sports betting, um, gambling has become a lot easier. Before gambling was legalized about a year ago, we used to say if you lived within 40 miles of a casino – The odds doubled that you would become a problem gambler. Now, everyone has a casino in their house. So that definitely has added to the problem of problem gambling.
1: What does it look like if you have a problem with gambling? What are telltale warning signs?
0: Um, So one of the ones we really focus on is that you're chasing your losses. Um, you start to lose money and you think, I need to keep gambling because I need to win that money back. And the odds are you are not going to get that money back. Um, so that's one of the warning signs that we have. Um, if you're borrowing money from friends or from credit cards that you don't have, that's also a problem. Um, so there are a number of warning signs that if, if you're spending too much time gambling, um One of the things that we tell people is, again, you know, we're not the fun police. We don't want to tell people how to spend their disposable income, but make a budget. Figure out what your disposable income actually is. What can you afford to lose? And stick within that budget. Um, A lot of the apps that people are on, FanDuel, Sugarhouse, DraftKings, you can set limits within those apps. And, again, you can override them, but these are great triggers for people To just get a warning that says, if if I want to spend 20 minutes gambling, you can set that time on the app, and you'll get a pop-up that says you just spent 20 minutes gambling. So it's just kind of another way for people to understand how long they've been gambling. You can do the same thing with a money limit as well.
1: This is also the time of year where people are giving out scratch tickets as a gift or a stocking stuffer, isn't it?
0: It is, which is also a huge concern. (laughs)
1: That could cause lot, problems in its own.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, a lot of times people are giving gifts to uh, kids who are under 18. The legal age for lottery tickets is 18. Um, and we really discourage people, adults, giving children lottery tickets. You wouldn't give them a bottle of wine, so we really would like you to not give them a scratch ticket.
1: Let's talk about the helping process. So when somebody realizes that they have a problem, or if you think somebody has a problem, what do you do?
0: So we have a uh, problem gambling helpline number that we have someone answering 24 hours a day, seven days a week, holidays, all the time. And that number is 888-789-7777. And the goal, you can also get on our website, ccpg.org, and you can chat. You can also text. All that information is on our website. But our goal really is to get people into the counseling that they need. Um, We can refer people to Gamblers Anonymous meetings or Gammonon meetings for family members. We also work with Better Choice programs across the state and get people into counseling that way. Um, There's also a fund in Connecticut. So if insurance doesn't cover treatment, there's a fund in Connecticut so that treatment is free. A lot of times with problem gamblers, they've lost all their money. They don't have money for treatment. So that should not be a barrier for calling that helpline number and getting help.
1: What happens if you have a family member, a relative, a spouse, a child maybe, any friend, and you realize that they have some kind of a problem when it comes to gambling but you don't know how to address it, or they're not listening to you, what are your options then?
0: So also you can call the helpline because there is treatment for family members as well. You can't force someone to get into treatment, but, but treating the family member will teach them how to talk about gambling, how to support that gambler, um, how not to enable that gambler. So if you are a family member that's affected, you should also call that helpline number because treatment is available for you as well. One of the things about problem gambling is it really often affects the whole family. Again, if someone is a problem gambler and they're chasing those losses and continuing to bet money they don't have to try to win their money back before anyone finds out that they've lost that money, often you're taking out a second mortgage on a home or draining a college fund, things like that, so that the, often the family really is impacted, so the family is also can get help in Connecticut as well. I always say, um, if you're a problem gambler, you want to be a problem gambler in Connecticut because we have great treatment. So, if someone thinks there's a problem with themselves or a family member or a friend, call that number and we can we can get you some help.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of resources in Connecticut, and I'm just curious, why is that opposed to maybe another state?
0: I think we're just lucky. I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, we've got some legislators who understand that this is a problem and can be an issue. And although I understand that gambling is generating a lot of money for the state, it it isn't risk-free behavior. And I think our legislators understand that.
1: How are you guys reaching out to younger people, whether they're teens, maybe they're college students? Do you guys have any education programs out there?
0: Yeah, we just started a new college program. We're working with nine schools in Connecticut. Um, And we are giving them funding, um, certain groups in the colleges so that they can do awareness campaigns around gambling. Um, Because if we as adults show up at a college and say, hey, listen to me let me tell you about bad behavior, that normally doesn't go over very well. I have three kids. I know that I'm not the expert on anything as a mother. So we really want to educate college kids to be able to share the information themselves. So that's a program that we just started um, and really should be taking off in January where you learn about other risky behaviors on college campuses. They do a lot of education around drugs and alcohol and sex and guns and violence. We want to make sure that on that list is problem gambling. And we have really making a lot of headway with that through the Department of Mental Health.
1: Well, especially in college because you start to see Kids now going out on their own, they're doing their own thing, they're young, and so forth. So that sounds like it's a positive program.
0: Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right about that. We used to think that the problem gambler was the little old lady at the slot machine. Now, based on our helpline calls, the problem gambler is a 20-something male that's betting on sports.
1: Is that where the problem now lies?
0: That is. That's the majority of the calls that we're getting, both from the kids and from the parents.
1: Could you describe the process when somebody makes a call? You know, what do they tell you guys? Are they distraught or are they just looking for help or more information? Could you talk about the emotional side of what you guys hear?
0: We get all of the above. We get people sometimes who call and want to tell you everything about what has happened. We get calls from other people who are so embarrassed about what is going on, they don't even want to tell us what their name is. So it really runs the gambit. Um, And luckily for us, again, in Connecticut, we've got all different kinds of treatment available. So no matter which kind of caller the caller happens to be, we can get help for them. If the person wants to stop gambling completely, we can help. If the person wants to learn how to be able to gamble responsibly, we can help. And that's another real skew in the calls that we've gotten. We'll often get a call from someone who says, I'm not a problem gambler, but I can see where this is going. I can see that I'm starting to have a problem. I don't want it to get out of hand. What do I do? So we have a new website called ResponsiblePlayCT.org, where we send people and they can learn tips and tricks about how to gamble responsibly. Um, so it really, like there's one no size fits all for each caller, they're all so different. Um, You know, some are just curious about how to gamble responsibly. Some have just lost everything and are completely distraught. And luckily, we've got treatment for all of the people who call. Uh,
1: real, Real quick, a story that comes to my mind. I know somebody who ended up having a relative who basically spent all of their money for retirement on gambling. And it caused generations of pain and shame even within the family about that particular issue. Is it often that you guys see somebody saying that they have lost everything?
0: Oh, absolutely. They've lost everything and then some. Um, you know, gone into debt to try to cover their gambling losses. We we often see that. And it's a very large rebuilding process, but it's not hopeless. Um, you know, again, one of the things these counselors can do is talk about budgeting. Um, talk about how you can make ends meet, and still start trying to recoup those debts and those losses without continuing to gamble.
1: What are some of the methods to make that happen?
0: Uh, Well, again, it depends on the person's circumstances. Um, But again, getting back to the budgeting process, a lot of people just don't have any idea what they're actually spending on things. So being able to sit down and see what your monthly costs really are and then see where can you start investing to get those credit cards paid off Um, get back on track financially.
1: Here's a twist for you. We're speaking this morning on Face Connecticut with Diana Good. She is the director of the CCPG, Connecticut Council on Problem Gambling. Diana, I'm wondering, what if you're somebody that wants to get out there and help make a difference trying to spread the word about the ills of problem gambling? Is there a way for somebody to become some kind of an ambassador or counselor?
0: Yeah, there are a number of programs. If you want to help us with volunteer and cabling events, um, all of our contact info is on, on our website, ccpg.org. Uh, we're also starting a 30-hour training program for people who want to become gambling counselors. We're going to be running that in 2023 uh, two times a year so that people can get more information about how to become a peer counselor, um, how to be able to Become a dedicated counselor and work with people around the issue of problem gambling. So my info is all over the the CCPG website. If people want more information about the training program, they can shoot me an email.
1: What do counselors do in general?
0: There's one-on-one counseling. Um, it used to be with COVID virtual, but now they're starting to do one-on-one counseling in person. There are also group sessions that people can get involved with. Um, that isn't a GA. It's it's group within that counselor's um, circle. So we find that those groups are very effective because one of the things that problem gamblers think is that it's only happening to them, which is completely not true. Um, You know, a lot of times we'll get calls and say, I'm sure you haven't heard this before, but in my mind I go, I doubt that there's anything you can tell me that I haven't heard before. So it's kind of refreshing that problem gamblers can get in a circle and into a group and understand that, This isn't an isolated incident. It's not something that's only happening to them. Um, And then, of course, GA and Gammonan.
1: Based on my reading, Diana, I've read that there are so many layers to this problem. There are legal problems. There are counseling problems, recovery topics, and brain biology, and so much more about what happens when somebody becomes a problem gambler. There are so many layers. How are you guys able to stay up on all of it, also with the changing technology as well?
0: Yeah, our counselors are really, really good at that. Um, These are dedicated problem gambling counselors and have done an amazing job staying on top of everything, which is really hard. Um, All of these apps, all of these ways that people can protect themselves within the app. Our counselors need to understand all of those different variables. So there has been a lot of changes that have gone on, and it's been very difficult to keep up. We also have to understand it's not a fair fight. I mean, if you look at the amount of gambling advertising that's going on right now, it's crazy. And we're trying to increase funding and be able to do some advertising. We could never advertise on a scale that the sports betting and the casinos our advertising. It's everywhere. And we think that that's a particular problem.
1: What kind of messages and how are you getting your messages out there?
0: Um, so we're hoping to do a pretty big media blitz during Problem Gambling Awareness Month, which is March, um, which also is March Madness. So we're working on some comprehensive campaigns around that. There's also legislation that says whenever a companies advertising gambling in Connecticut, they need to include our responsible play logo and our helpline number. But if you look at some of the advertising, like billboards, I mean, you're never going to notice this unless I tell you there's tiny writing at the bottom of that billboard. That tiny writing is our helpline number. You would never actually know that. So that's also frustrating for us. Um, They're also coming up with ways to not include that helpline number in some advertising. Um, Some radio and TV ads will truncate that message. It's supposed to say, if you or someone you know has a problem with gambling, call our 800 number. And some of the operators didn't want to spend that many seconds on their TV and radio ads devoted to problem gambling. So instead, they said problem gambling Call this number. Well, you could have a problem gambling because you can't log into your FanDuel account. So we got so many calls like that because people thought that's the problem. So we're trying to get the language corrected. We're trying to get them to uh, use the actual language that's in legislation. Um, Sometimes they're also getting around this advertising issue by doing 20-minute infomercials, which don't really... (laughs) count is advertising and don't have the helpline number. Or you get a radio DJ to talk about FanDuel or DraftKings. That's not really an ad. So there are just a lot of things that we need to stay on top of because the bottom line is we need people to know there's that problem gambling helpline number. That's really it. And again, if people want to gamble on FanDuel, DraftKings, Rush Street, Mohegan Sun, Foxwoods, that's fine. But if you have a problem, we need to know where to send those people.
1: Is this a legislation issue in getting them to make sure that they follow the wording as they're supposed to? Is that something that you should go to legislators and fight for? Or how are you going to try to get that corrected?
0: So it's really a follow-up issue. Um, The legislation is there, but there's really no one to make sure the industry is following the guidelines. Right now, gambling is housed under consumer protection. We were hoping that we would have a gambling commission like they have in Massachusetts, which is solely devoted to looking at gambling, gambling problems, regulations, making sure the industry is adhering to the guidelines. uh, The Department of Consumer Protection has so many things under them. It's crazy. So in the last year, they not only got gambling, they also got legalized marijuana. They have real estate. They have everything under the sun. So... They're not gonna proactively go out there and look at the issues. They're only gonna respond to people who call and say, the industry's not doing this and the industry's not doing that. And we think that that really is an issue, that we can see that they are not always adhering to the guidelines, but we really don't feel like we've got a place where we can take our issues that's really got some concrete follow through.
1: Diana, speaking this morning on Face Connecticut about the Connecticut Council on Problem Gambling, is there anything that you guys are hoping will get through uh, on your end through legislation this coming legislative session It will be starting before you know it and going pretty much half the year?
0: Yeah, we're still working on a legislative agenda right now, but definitely one of our issues is around advertising and the promotion of all of this gambling. Um, We also don't think there are enough safeguards in place on the online app. It's really easy to bet a dollar or a thousand dollars, and there's no kind of check that says, "Oh, are you sure you meant a thousand dollars?" You just roll, and so we think that that's a problem. That when someone's betting on a tiny little phone, there should be safeguards in place to make sure people aren't accidentally betting more than they thought they were betting.
1: Is there anything else that you guys would like to touch on this morning on Face Connecticut? as we get into the holiday season this year?
0: Um, definitely promoting that helpline number. If you think someone's got a problem, call that number and we can guide you through the system, whether it's you that has a problem, someone you know, or a family member. Um, also check out that responsibleplayct.org website. It's got tips and tricks about how to gamble responsibly. Um, we think that that really has helped a lot of people. And also check on people. You know, I think that that was one of the things that I really liked about COVID. Not that I think COVID was a great thing, but I felt like our neighbors were checking on each other. So check on people. You know, how are you doing? Are you isolated during the holidays? You know, ask people how they are. Check on your family and friends and make sure that no one is alone in their house gambling and being depressed.
1: Are you guys ever talking with the casinos or the Connecticut Lottery about these issues?
0: Yes. We work very well with both casinos and Lottery. Um, they really help us a lot with funding, with permission, Um The Lottery especially, you know, whenever they're looking at kind of new tickets or um, programs, they'll run things across us first, which I think is amazing. So again, that's another thing that we're lucky with here in Connecticut is that we only have two casinos and a lottery, and the lottery works with sports tech. I talked to some of these other states, like Oklahoma has like 42 casinos. I don't know how you manage that. So we're incredibly lucky to have a great relationship with our casinos. They are incredibly supportive. Um, Same with the lottery, and we really appreciate all that they do for us. We couldn't do what we do without help from the industry.
1: No, it's interesting because I never knew about, you know, what kind of relationship you guys had because, you know, it seems like they're trying to offer different things, what you guys are offering, what the casinos are offering, but you're working in tandem.
0: And it's not in the casino's best interest to have problem gamblers either. So that's another reason why we work together. That's certainly bad press for them when things get out of control. Um, So they, they all have problem gambling committees at the casinos, and I'm part of both committees.
1: You mentioned a state like Oklahoma. Do you guys ever talk with other states to see what their trends are or what they may be doing differently that we could bring to Connecticut?
0: Yeah, we're part of the National Council on Problem Gambling. Um, 34 other states also have affiliates that are part of national. And affiliates, we all meet monthly and talk about issues that are facing um, gambling in the United States. Uh, We have a national conference every year that's incredibly well attended. I think about 650 people were in Boston last year where we can all talk about different issues. Um, One of the things is that we're all different. I mean, there's no other state that's running the problem gambling thing that we are in Connecticut. They're all different. And, And although we can learn a lot from each other, which we do, they can't really point to one other state and go, oh, that's that's the one that we're going to model our state after, because they're just different. We also work real closely with the New England states. Um, we meet four times a year with the councils in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, New York, which isn't really New England, but we include them anyway, <laughs> New York, um, and a little bit with New Hampshire and Vermont. They, they don't have casinos, and only Vermont has a lottery. Um, but we do all get together. Um, As a larger group, and talk about issues that are just facing New England, because like if you look at again, like a state like Oklahoma, you may not be going right across the border to be gambling, but in Connecticut, you are. Even if you self-exclude in Connecticut, you know, 25 minutes from here, and I'm in Massachusetts.
1: One last time, Diana, on face Connecticut as we get ready wrap up here. Could you just remind everybody how they can get help for problem gambling one more time?
0: Sure. Our helpline number is eight eight eight. 789-7777 or you can go to ccpg.org where you can chat or text.
1: A pleasure talking with you. Happy holidays and thanks for coming on this morning.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. It really means a lot to us. I appreciate all your help.
1: All right, great, Diana. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio.